morning. We are here with Alinda. We're so glad that you have joined us. So we're new to this. And how many, you said you've already done some podcasts? Just one. Just one. (laughs) (laughs) So we're all newbies. So we are going to dive into this pretty quick. Alinda is actually both one of our customers. She owns a um, retail store boutique. And I'll let you um, introduce yourself and kind of tell, you know, your current business and then we'll get into like the details the backstory some some good information some juicy stuff. <laughs> i don't know how much juicy so my name is Alinda hale and i own eye candy boutique we are based out of springfield illinois and i've had eye candy for six years now in january and i we are an online store and brick and mortar and so what what made you six years ago what did you do before and what made you want to start a boutique well before I was actually I, I did hair for 20 years but I hadn't I wasn't a hairstylist for 10 years because my husband was a chiropractor I was in his office helping him with all that stuff but anyway we actually owned a couple other businesses and we used eye candy boutique they actually did bedazzled shirts hence the name so we actually used her all the time she decided to close and she came to me and said, do you want to buy the business? You're the majority of my business. And I said, absolutely not. I want absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with rhinestone shirts. And she said, okay. And about two months later, she came back and she said, Linda, I'm going to liquidate the business. Do you at least want to look at it? And I said, absolutely not again. And then finally, my husband said, you know, why don't we just look at it? Look at the numbers. See what it is. You're bored to death. Let's see what you're doing, what it is. So we looked at it. She was working about eight hours a week making money, and I was like, okay. So we we bought it, and about three months in, I was like, eh, this isn't for me. I knew I didn't want to make rhinestone shirts. I didn't even wear rhinestone shirts. And so we, I just actually one day had somebody want to put a rhinestone shirt on, like, a T-shirt dress instead of a T-shirt. And so I said, okay, let me go look in. And I was like, hmm, look at all this fun stuff. So I asked him if I could. I didn't ask him if I could. That's a total lie. I said, I'm going to. <laughs> I said, I'm going to take some money. You know, I'm like, I'm going to take $600 and buy some packs of clothes. And he's like, okay, what's packs of clothes mean? And I said, I'm just going to buy some clothes. And I bought them and I posted them on Facebook before they even got there and they were sold. And so I was like, hmm, this could be something. And I literally just kept doing that for about two weeks. And within two weeks, I had a storefront. Wow. So it was one of those things that I was like, I, I will say from the get-go that God had bigger plans for me and I candy. I, I think he really knew what I needed at that time because I was so successful in the salon industry. And after stopping doing that after 20 years, I think he just knew that it wasn't I wasn't meant to just stay home and do nothing. So tell us a little bit about where you are now and the flow of your business. So the flow of our business actually started out as a storefront. And I actually, the first market I went to was Chicago, which is now, which is funny because I don't ever go to Chicago now because it's one of the smallest markets. But I was very blessed because at that market, I met a gentleman by the name of Leo that owns Andre by Unit. And he was very, it was unbelievable to me. First of all, the market was dead. So he had all the time in the world to sit and talk to me, (laughs) which I, I actually just saw him in Vegas and we had this conversation but he actually was just asking me about the business, what my goals were. And I literally had a two and a half hour conversation with him. And he took a look at this VIP group that I started for eye candy. And he said, this is crazy. What you've done in a month with the volume of people in your group, you really need to go sign up with Comment Sold. And I was like, well, I had no idea what Comment Sold was. And so he 
then got me on the phone the next day with Brandon, who owned Comment Sold. We had a conversation with my husband and I. We were one of the first, I wouldn't say first, I think we were like one of the 20, first 25 people to sign up with Comment Sold. But I will say that I have a lot of, I have a lot of regret because if I would have done what they said from the beginning, I would totally be in a different place. But I didn't want to close my storefront. Good or bad? Bad. I like I I did what they said two years later, if that makes sense. Yeah. So and a lot of was that a lot of that came from they wanted me to close my storefront because of the fact that they had so many people that had closed their storefront to do all online. That but that's not where my heart was. My heart was in my store, which it still is. But it probably shouldn't be, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did sign up for Common Sold, which if you don't know what Common Sold is, because a lot of people might not, it's a platform where you do online selling. They just comment. Now there's an app. It's, it's a game changer. So I, and my main reason for not doing it was because we had another platform for our store as far as like the POS system, and they were not compatible. And so for me, I didn't have the money to go do two st- separate inventories, you know, all that. And then finally which is a whole nother story, which I'm sure we're getting into why I went with comment sold was just because the way the business started rolling. So, but I will, I give so much credit to Leo at Andre by unit because I had many conversations with him on goals, what I could do, what my potential was. And if it wasn't for him, I would never be doing what I'm doing right now. Just someone taking the time to spend time with you and, and pushing you to go to that next level. Exactly. I wanted to say this before starting your own boutique and stuff. You it's, some people have it and some people don't. And what I mean by that is like your whole style, your whole look. And so people relate to you. They see the clothes that you wear. If you were a boutique owner or if you were not, and they're like, you know, if I saw you walking down the street, I'm like, she's a cool chick, you know? <laughs> I mean, everything you wear, everything you come in. So you already had that spark of, I- I'm sure you know this. If not, I'm telling you, but, you know, people already were looking out what you were wearing. And I'm sure before you even started that, people all the time said, where'd you get that? What are you wearing? And so for those of you that are thinking about starting a boutique, that's one of the telltale signs, I feel like. If people are always asking you, where did you get that? How did you style that? You know, you have something, you're an influencer to them and how you dress. So you have that. And it's not like everybody else. I love your style because it's so different. And how would you describe it? Mix of boho hippie Mm -hmm. or just whatever the heck you want to put on that day? (laughs) I think it really is whatever I want to put on that day because I do have, I'm not afraid to step out of my box. I really don't care what people think, what I wear. Like it's, it's, it's just what I feel like putting on that day. I do think it's a little bit more boho casual. You know, I can dress up all day long, but I'm just, I just want to be, and I want to be me. I don't want to be, and I I will tell you, being a boutique owner, people laugh because I don't want to sell 200 of the same thing. That's not, that's not what I want to do. And honestly, a lot of times I don't want to sell the same thing I have on, which is kind of crazy, but I just want everybody to make it their own. You know, like if I, if you have this jacket, you don't have to wear it exactly how I wear it, wear it how you would feel comfortable wearing it. And just kind of make it your own. And I think that's what is, which is very important. Step out of your box. People are scared to death. They think they're in this little box of, I have to dress like this. And that's not the case. When you buy for your store, are you picking out styles that you like in general? Or do you keep those, do you keep your customers, okay, that might be too much for them, but this, they could might. I do both. So I, because I lot of, I buy a lot of stuff for my store that I probably would not wear, but my customers would wear, 
or I teach them how to wear what I know they're comfortable wearing. But I also do carry what I what I wear. But a lot of the time we laugh. Like yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the day before, I had on a pair of jeans that everybody loves. They love them. Everybody tells me they love them. But I got those off the sale rack because I love them and they didn't sell. And I have four pairs of them. But I'm like, these are not going to get marked down to 70% off. They're mine. (laughs) (laughs) But then when I wear them, everybody wants them. I'm like, shoot, I should have wore these two months ago. So, you know, it's just that thing of having a variety. We do. We have such a variety because our age range of our store is anywhere from 28 to 75. I mean, there's no it's it's all over the place. So you started in what year again? 2016. Okay. And then where, what year did it just like explode for you? Are you like, when you were like, what the heck just happened? So I would say during the pandemic. Okay. So, and actually I could go back to a year prior to that because we did have a very small storefront and then we grew very quickly and then opened the 2000 square foot store. And at that time it was perfect because my daughter does hair and she's a single mom and she knew she wanted to open her own salon. And then she has her own business. So it's eye candy salon and spa, but it's totally a separate entity. So it was perfect because we were able to do the store and the salon. And at that time, we didn't have the warehouse. So we were doing online, like I called them, like, open the box, you know, get in, watch us go live. And we were only doing, like, one live a week. And that is when I started using comments sold after I was up all hours of the night invoicing people. I would literally do a live on a Thursday night and people would come to work next morning at 9 a.m. and I was still there. We were like literally walking out the door as they were walking in. Two to three of us. It wasn't just one of us. And so, and a lot of that goes back to our POS system because we could not use our POS system inventory with our comments sold. We were literally taking it out of inventory, then, you know, invoicing all that. So I think what really happened for us is the pandemic. So we we're out of town. We were told we had to close because we were actually coming back from vacation. Told we had to close and I had 24 hours. And I said to my husband again, I didn't ask him. I said to him, I'm going to take money and I'm going to buy as much stuff as I can because I am not going to let this go down. I do not have enough inventory to make it another three months if we are closed. Not having any idea because everybody said, oh, we'll be closed a month. We'll be closed two weeks. We'll be mm-hmm. closed a month. And so he was like, okay, do what you have to do. I spent eight hours on a Friday, calling every single vendor. What can you ship me today if I order? Because I know you're closing just like I am. And I invested a lot of money and had all that product. We moved our whole entire store, our whole entire store to our basement. Because we were told you cannot even open those doors. Like there's no going back. So we took everything. I mean, we made, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many trips. Our whole entire basement turned into a store. And from that time, I went live every day. So you pounced, like you saw I, the opportunity, you knew what was yes. fixing to happen. And a I lot of people ne- didn't because they were mm-hmm. so fearful. Um, it and- scared me because I thought I am loving what I do. I cannot let this go down. And I wasn't in a financial position with the boutique to go a month without making sales. Like, I I mean, how would I pay my rent? I mean, like we were, we had just went from, you know, a very little payment to a big payment and I was like, I can't, I'm not going to have this affect my family life. And so I just made that decision to go to be scared. I was like, okay, I got to go in debt. This is, and, and that is one thing about our business. I've never been in debt. I did it all. Ca- I did it cash, 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 cash. I would just keep buying. If I sold it, I'd buy, sold it, I'd buy. And next thing I had this whole storefront. I'm like, how did this even happen? But for 
us, I just made that decision. Our kids, we laugh because our whole, our kids, so I have three kids and three grandkids. They all were there. My son's girlfriend was there. Everybody was there. And I was like, you're going to be here. You're going to work. And we <laughs> shipped and we, I mean, it was nuts. We were up all night shipping. We did free shipping. We were live every day. We, I, it just, it was nonstop. And here's what happened, you guys, is people wanted commu- community. They were bored, but they loved seeing me at my house. They loved the scene where I lived and my family being involved. I'd make my kids go on the lives and it, it was just, it was just, it was fun. I, I say it all over again. I was like, oh gosh, that was an experience. Our family loved it. And when it was time to go back, I was like, oh shoot, this time I got to go back. And I had a lot of employees who it really bothered me not to be able to pay them. So I actually would have them. I would take like all our jewelry to to somebody and she'd come pick it off on my porch. She'd pack it all up so then I could pay her to, you know, because that was the hard part, packing all that stuff up. I never did any of that stuff. I always had people did it. And so were you always good about going live or you just you just decided one day, I've got this VIP group. I'm just going to turn the camera on. And then you just got better and better because that's a fear. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I, we hear that so much. I'm so, I'm not good at love. Right? I'm like, just turn the camera on. <laughs> it, exactly. And I think for us, the way we did it, it was more like, hey, look, we just got in. You know, it was never a, the live setup turned into, oh gosh, we better make, we better do this right because we've been doing it wrong for a long time. Like, but they liked this open, here's a box. We'd open it up and they we'd sold sold green pants, you know. What I mean, like it was that fast. But and then we just kind of just started making it a little bit more professional, a little bit more professional. But it was scary, and I think it's even scarier for the people that come on and do it with me because I just throw them in. I'm like, let's go, we're gonna do this. Yeah, and then they get better and better. Yeah. So how many times during the pandemic, like, did you just go time go live one time a day, or was it multiple times a day? It was one time. I would always try to go live at least one time a day. Okay. And I'm I was never like we're gonna go live at seven o'clock because I couldn't because I just never knew what was I uh, never knew was I gonna have the inventory in was I shipping stuff were you know so we just went live every day and it was more impromptu. So, you know, and, and having our kids do it with us. And, I mean, I fell, I fell off the porch during that time and hurt my ankle. Okay. And so one time I was on the couch with a big old boot on and my daughter was going live holding up the stuff. You know, I mean, it's just, and but they were like, oh, what's wrong with your ankle? You know, I mean, they just want to be a part of it. So, And so now, now moving forward, is it still that impromptu with you or do y'all have set, you know, set times and, and what does it look like now that you've moved past the pandemic? Both. Okay. So we have set times we go live, but we go live a lot impromptu. A, a lot of the times, like just to, just to get the algorithm up or we'll get something in that we're like, oh gosh, we got to go show this right now. And they love it. Now, do you, you know? still use comment sold? Mm-hmm. We do. And we, which was a, which was a game changer. For us, and I'm so glad that's when I really went gung ho. Was right before the pandemic with Comment Sold because I would have never been able to do what we did without Comment Sold. And we now, have, so we've done a little bit of both. Our storefront is still a different POS six years later, but we've tried to go with Comment Sold POS. We were a beta for them; it just didn't work for us. So we are in the process right now trying to figure out what we're going to do because we take everything out of inventory as it's sold. So- Mm-hmm. And it, but it works. They're they're fine with it. And but we're still not at the point. Now I don't want two different inventories because the way we do our business, we go live in the store. We go live in the warehouse. And that is one thing I will go back and tell you. When we came back 
from right before we had the pandemic, we had just expanded on the other side of my daughter's salon with a warehouse, which was when I was saying that I had just went bigger. So here I had just opened this warehouse that was, you know, 1,500 square foot. And I'm like, oh, gosh, Ryan, I'm going to be here. And so we came back, and within four weeks, we had to double that. We went to 4,500 square feet. And so, and I think I told Jolie this, and sometimes I, I hate to say it in the business world, it's good, but we grew 238% in the year of COVID. So that's a huge growth. And I do say that all has to do with the pandemic. It does, but it was a great thing for us because we could grow, 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 and expand our employee, you know, build all of that. But it's just, it's crazy. I, I, it's all on the, it's all, all comments sold. I, I give them so much credit. I, because I could have never done it without that system. Never, ever, ever. Percentage wise, if you know, um, as far as like your gross sales between your storefront and your live, what percentage would you say if you, yeah. I don't mind saying it. We, enough that I shouldn't have my store. Um, <laughs> no. Our store, our online business is 70%. And a lot of that is hard too because we have to figure that out because we do go live in the store. We go live once a week in the store. And um, so it's hard to say, you know, would that have sold in the store? You know, because it will sell the next day if we show it on a live because if they don't want to buy it online, they'll come in the next day to try it on. But it is it is a huge it's a huge number it really is. But I love the storefront for our community, and we do local pickup, so people love to be able to come in the store and just see people. So, out of curiosity, Alinda, do you do is it your face on the majority of the lives, or have you been able to train other people? And you know, if you have, like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so, it is my face on the lives, and then I do have a live team. So I have about seven people that I can have go live, and then I have four that are live weekly on a set schedule. Okay. But, and so do you see, just out of curiosity, do you see a difference of when it's your face versus other Absolute. people? Yeah. Absolutely. They want to see you. They want to see you. Absolutely. And the storefront is the same way. Okay. So if I could clone somebody to be in the store, then our there would probably be a little bit different in sales too. Is because I, just because I, the way I like to help people and- you know, it's just hard. It's just hard if I could do both. So let's transition to, okay, so you had, you grew that much and through the pandemic and through the last couple of years, what does your business look like today? And what would you say, you know, are some of the biggest struggles that you're experiencing right now? So the biggest struggle I'm experiencing right now is that we did grow so fast that I have such a great team of people that I've had to actually cut back on people because we have we are down like I think a lot of people are but we're just down in the last four months than we were and so I've had to pivot and figure out how to not get rid of people and still have them be a part of our team because I'm very very blessed I only have I have a lot of employees and when people hear that I have this many employees they're like what how how why I mean I have 33 employees Wow. That's a lot of employees. Tell them your secret of how you keep good employees. Tell them your secret. Yeah. I love this. So, uh, well, I hope it's what you think my secret is. Oh. My, <laughs> my secret is that I hire my, I mean, like my employers were my best customers. Okay. I don't know if that's where you were going with, but I also, my people don't, my people, they're not my people. They're my team. employees, my <laughs> team. They don't have to work for me. They want to work for me because they, they all either like, 
have another job. They re- they're retired. They just want something to do. Mm-hmm. I only have like three people that are full time. That that's what that's what they want to you know that's what they want to do. But they love it. I mean, it's crazy. If I tell them they can't work, they're like, oh, I can't work. And I'm like, yeah, take that day off. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you had told me once. And I was like, because one of my best employees that's been with me for 10 years, um, her husband is very established and she she doesn't have to work. It just really and she'll say it it just gives her something to do. And she she loves dressing up and being on Mm -hmm. camera. Yeah. And so which is awesome, because I think. And that, that's where I was saying, like, I have to pivot and figure out how to keep them because mm-hmm. I don't want to. I mean, there's there's been times over the last four months that I haven't paid myself so I can keep them because I don't want to lose them. They are, they are huge assets no matter what they do. But I also, it's to the point that I'm like, okay, can you only work four hours this week instead of 10? You yes. know, because I have to be smart in business that way. But I also think that it's we're just a team and everybody I mean I have people work for me that don't even ever know people that work another shift but when we're together we do like we do so many things together as a team that that's how they get to know them they don't even work with them but I think it's that fear of missing out they don't want to quit because they're like oh gosh I'm not going to get to go on that winery trip for or see the new styles that come in yes um and and that's so true with employees. That's what I've even had to do. And I have stay-at-home moms that bead for me. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, used to they would just, I would clock, pay them with their time and just pay them. But now I'm like, hey, you need to only get so many hours per week. And it really kind of surprised them. It's like I'm, we're, you know, we're yeah. tight right now. So they can only get so many hours. And they don't realize, just like you said, sometimes they get paid and you don't. Right. And, and during these times, that's. That's the difference between being an owner and not and taking the risk. And when things aren't, you know, they're not good, in abundance. Not yeah. Mm-hmm. You take the you take the hit. Well, and I also think that I have pivoted a lot too. just on another note of that is since I've had the store, I've been open seven days a week. And January or in January, I made the decision that in February we were going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we are closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That was a huge huge decision for me because one, it took three days of employees not working. So I went ahead and what I did is I said, okay, everybody across the board, not just the employees that are in the store, everybody on my team is cutting hours. It's not fair to just these three that work the store. It's going to affect. And so that was good because everybody saw it. When I had that conversation with everybody, I'm like, it's just not you. It's It's everybody. Some people are affected more. Some people might only lose an hour. Because it's what they do, you know. And so that was a huge thing for my customers, too, because I had to be open and raw and honest with them on why I was doing what I was doing. And that was fine. I got some feedback on it. Some of them didn't like it. Some of them (laughs) did. But we've just and but I decided to do it again in March. I'm like, you know what? When I'm open four days a week and do the same volume that I do seven days a week, it's the smartest business decision. And for me, we then can do more stuff in the store for lives, which is huge to have that open format in the whole store and just say okay we got a whole huge store we need to figure out what we're gonna do get rid of it get rid of it get rid of it and so now that it's almost like they're so excited because they're like what is she gonna do on monday tuesday wednesday because i can't do anything because nobody's in there but that was a huge pivot for me because it was scary it was scary telling those people on a lot and i only said it on one live i'm like this is what we're doing 
you know, and the tears and, and, but they were totally, they, they were very supportive, but you have to be open and raw with them. Cause if I would have just said, Hey, you guys, we're changing our hours. Then they, then they just, they're just pissy about it, you know, but if you're open and raw about it, they're, they're like, okay, we understand why you're doing it. And so with that being said, you know, a lot of people, well, we have heard a lot of people say, oh, well, the lives are not what they used to be, or they're, you know, headed down a different direction. So we would love to hear, (laughs) we would love to hear your take on this and what you would recommend to people that are, I mean, obviously everybody's in the same situation as you are with the last four months being tough. And so if you could just elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, I think everybody's got their different opinion on that. And that might be one of the questions I was actually probably going to say when you asked me on that. I don't care what anybody says. If you're not going live, you're you're missing the boat because you even if you are horrible at going live, if you sell one item, it's more than one item that you did not going live. And for us, it's a no brainer. I mean, there's no way I cannot not go live at least one time a day. If I had my choice, we'd be live four times a day. And for us, we even go live. I mean, I take it on vacation. I take it it everywhere I go. I go live because it's silly. I can't, you guys, we've been here since, what, Saturday night? Mm-hmm. We've done it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll do in four days what we do in a month in the store. That's crazy. That's nuts. You, I mean, who, just try it. Just try it. That's all they have to do. But you have to just go on live one time is not going to do it. It's going to take you a year to get you to where it's worth you doing it, learning it, learning the system. And it's, it, everybody does it different. Like we were live the last weekend or Saturday night, comment sold the way we did it. And then Sunday night we were in there doing all our stuff and there's a lady in there invoicing it all. Do it, whatever works for you. How do you avoid burnout? And how, you know, it sounds like that you're on social, social media so much and what, you know, what do you do? How do you avoid that? Well, I think burnout, it's funny even because I just said I take do stuff on vacation. Yes. But I, my husband and I have been married a long time. And so we travel a lot together because that's, our, that's just what we do. Our kids are gone. We have grandkids. But we, we travel, and so that's when it's my time to recoup. Like, we probably try to travel somewhere every two months, even so if it's for you, three days. Yeah, yeah, I see you all over the place. I'm like, mm-hmm. is she like, and that's one of the things I made a note about is like, all the things that you're saying, you sound, people are probably thinking, oh my God, she's on social media all the time. But like you live life, like you and your mm-hmm. husband, I can tell y'all have a grand time. Like y'all are in Las Vegas. Y'all are here, there. Yeah. I saw where y'all went to like, he's into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And so you went to the CrossFit convention. But I think that's awesome how you can run this business and you just, you can take vacations and still do a little bit of business on the Yeah. Side. And I think that's the beauty of it is because when we're gone, I can still work. I probably work too much and that probably drives him crazy, but he's amazing. He, he's my biggest supporter and fan. Um, and he knows that if we're going to go to Costa Rica for a week, I'm taking stuff to go live because you know what, for me, I'm like, this is what's paying for the trip to Costa Rica. Um, and I think, and our customers love it. They want to be along for the ride. I mean, there's times when I'm like, I should have posted that because that's what they would want to see. But then there's other times I'm like, no, I'm glad I didn't post that. Because and we and we actually it was kind of funny. We always are on social media, both of us. So just for other people in boutiques, like what does that look like when you go on vacation and how, how do you take stuff? Do you pack it in your suitcase? Do you take do you, are you strategic about what you take? Like what do you it depends on if we're flying, we take it in suitcases. We just take extra suitcases. And that is something that I do, which I suggest it for everybody, is I do live boxes. Like, so when we went to Costa Rica, 
you know, I had five of my best vendors send me live boxes because I, I'm going to take your stuff to Costa Rica for a live box. So I had five vendors send me a box. I had them put it in the system. I didn't even know what it was till I opened it and, you know, there and I did the live boxes and that's the best thing that's been for us too is because I'm not guaranteed that, I mean, I don't have to buy all that stuff. Like I buy what I sell. They hold so many packs for me and then I order what I sell. And it's, that's another thing for boutique owners. If you're not doing that, all you have to do is ask, just ask. And, and I have people say that to me all the time. How do you get to go to live? How did you get to go live at Turquoise Haven? How'd you get to do that? I asked, I asked, that's all I did was ask. And that's where I think people don't understand the concept of it. You have to be able to step out of your box and do something different. How do those vendors, I know like with you sometimes, like when you're really busy, you'll just be like, you know, just pick me out whatever you think. And because I've mm-hmm. worked with you enough that I know your style. And even though I might have got it wrong, you're like, you know, I wouldn't have picked that, but we still stole, sold it in the store. Do those vendors, do you, when you're limited on time, you go to those specific vendors because they kind of, you can just be like, give me six styles and they kind of know you and they handpick it for you. Absolutely. And that's the live boxes. So my customers also know that as well. So when I do a live box, I tell my customers, this box is nothing I picked out, nothing. So, and that is something. And now I will say there are a few that are like, well, you pick out your styles, you know, and I'll be like, okay, I want these, but also send me six more because I want to have all kinds. I don't want it just to be my style. That's why I love bringing Barb with me, Misty with me, Amy with me, because I'm like, if they like it, like yesterday that happened, Barb picked up a bracelet in a store and she's like, what about this one? I'm like, I don't like it, but get it. Somebody else will. If you like it, somebody else will love it. But with the live boxes, they know that. I say, we got a live box from Pole today, you guys, and I picked nothing out of this box. And so, and then when I'm putting it on for the first time, right in front of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have never picked this off the hanger, but this is really cute. But I'll also be the first one, you guys, to put something on and say, absolutely, you guys (laughs) do not buy this item because this is janked. And I mean, I have no trouble telling people that. I love that. I did that. We were at one vendor in LA and I... I mean, and I sold a lot of this top. It was funny. I put this sweater on and it was so, it fit so funky and it was everything about it. And we sold it, a lot of it. And afterwards, I I remember turning to Barb, I go, refund everybody on that sweater. I said, that thing is not good. And when and she was laughing, she's like, you sold a lot of them. I'm like, I don't care. I That thing does not fit right. And I do not want anybody being upset because, I mean, I just, I'm very honest with it when it comes to that. That is so I think that's probably why another reason why you've had so much success is because you stay true to you and you stay true to your customer. And I I did want to point on this, too, and, and, you know, say to you, you do a very good job with establishing a close relationship with your vendors. And do you think that that is what and it's very open, you know, and you it's more of a team aspect with your whole, you know, your vendors versus you. And so. I would encourage everybody <laughs> to have that kind of relationship with your vendor. And like what you said, just ask, a, you know, from a wholesaler point of view, just ask us or, um, you know, to tell us like what you like and what you don't like and what's going good and what's not going good. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that because it is the most important thing out of all of it. It's no different than a doctor patient relationship. A Like with I, me doing hair for 20 years, the, you know, my customers and the hairstylists, it's all about relationships. And I think that people don't understand that. They think they put you guys up on this high, high pedestal, which they should. But at the same time, they need to be on that high, high pedestal too. And it be relationship because you guys are going through the same struggles as we are. And if you guys don't have us, then 
you don't have your business. And I think that's so important to communication, open line of communication. And that is, they need to know where we're at too. Like I had a conversation with a vendor the other day, you know, their prices have went up 20%. And she said to me, she's like, you know, when I came to her at Vegas and had six items instead of 30 that I would usually have at a market, she's like, what's going on? I said, your prices are 20% higher. I said, when I'm selling a top for $80, I can't add another, I can't do it. And she was like, that's really good feedback. Thank you. And within two hours, I had an email from the owner of the company saying, we're reevaluating this. Thank you for even bringing this to our attention. But I understand why they raised them 20%. I get it. I do. But that made it a raise them 10 and let's then work it out, you know. So I think that's it's a big it's that open line of communication is huge because we're all in it together. Yeah. And that's I think with a wholesaler and then the boutiques, especially like during the pandemic. And now that's how I looked at it. I was like, you know, you go into this like high gear of like, okay, I'm not losing all this. And it's like, if, if my, if my boutiques go down, then I go down. Right. So what am I going to do to make sure that they have, they have product, they can have a good profit margin. Like, even if I have to cut myself short, not forever, like, but just during that, that season, because you don't want to lose your boutiques. Like right. you have to make sure like, okay, what do you need? What do you need in this, in this moment, in this season? Yes. Having that kind of attitude of being able to pivot with y'all, you know, and asking you what's working, what's not working is, is key, I think. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that a lot, too, with the vendors. Gene at Whitebirch being the first one to launch this as open packs. Yes. That, you know, I mean, he and he's doing that because of the lives. I mean, he, he'll be the first one to tell you that. And he's great because he's always willing to. He's He's an innovator. And he said that to me. He's like, you know, he's like, when you could sell. 16 larges and two smalls why wouldn't I do open packs and I'm like thank you you know so because people just don't understand that Mm -hmm. and even with graphic tees I mean like I I don't sell any small graphic tees you look at my sale rack they're all smalls graphic tees and it's just because the style everybody wants them oversized you know so I think it's just a matter of of everybody pivoting everybody has to pivot they have to or you're never going to have success Okay, tell us one thing that most people don't know about you, like something we wouldn't know that we'd be like, really? Okay, so, and you're talking business. Anything, I think. I would say, okay, so this is business and everything, but one thing probably that you girls wouldn't know about me is like, I hate confrontation and I am not intimidating like everybody thinks I'm so intimidating. So everybody, the thing I get all the time is like, oh my gosh, she's scary. Oh my gosh, she... (laughs) She's super, I mean, like, I hear that a lot, like, especially from my employees, like, after they work for me, they're like, oh, my gosh, you were so scary, but you're not. I hate confrontation. I grew up um, hating confrontation um, just because I, there was just some, you know, how that is. Everybody's got a story when it comes to that. But I, I don't like to fight. I would rather just everybody just, I give grace very, very quickly. And um, that's one thing people are very surprised when they get to know me. And I think that's just because kind of like you're going back, just the way I dress, the way I kind of, you know, just kind of like I'm here, you know, (laughs) that type of thing. But I am not. You're bold. You're bold. And sometimes that gets confused. Mm -hmm. And it's, I hear it a lot. Like I, I mean, and my husband laughs about it because everybody just, they're like, no, she's, I mean, I hate being a boss because of that, because I'm not a good boss. Like people will tell you, I am not a good boss. If, if I ever had to hire somebody, which I did hire a general manager, that didn't didn't that didn't pan out either. But I am not a boss 
because I don't tell people that they do things wrong or anything, you know, like that type of thing. So that would probably be the one thing that I would say. I'm very, very scared of confrontation. <laughs> so funny. Um, and so what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure, oh gosh, would probably be when we, when it comes to business is when we opened up our first store and we went too small. We started with like a 700 square foot store with a three-year lease and within four months needed a bigger store. So for three years, I had two storefronts, one 700 square foot and one 2,400 square (gasps) foot was very, very hard. And it was a huge, huge problem to us because of the fact we just had to pay and that rent was as much as our 2,400 square foot. So, you know, that was a failure. And I think just that was just a poor money decision, you know, that I just would have never dreamed that we'd be where we were today. So that would be in business. That was probably my biggest failure. Who are your favorite people to follow in this industry and why do you look up to them? My favorite person would be would be Jenna Powell from Generations. I think she is just real and she is an innovator as well. Is that a clothing brand? Clothing. She's a boutique. Oh, okay. Very big boutique. You should follow you guys should follow. What's her, her. name again? Jenna. And what's the story? Jenna name? Powell. Generations. 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 Okay. hmm And she's cute as a bug and she's very open. We've had very many conversations without her even knowing me and me knowing her. We finally actually just met in person for the first time in Vegas, and it was like we were best friends just because we have conversations. And then the other one would probably be Joe Linda from Walker Rose because she's the same way. She's a hus- she's a hustler, and I would consider myself a hustler. And she flies by the seat of her pants just like I do, and I, she just doesn't. I mean, she just goes, 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 and she's a very good live seller. Yes. So she's a good follower. I love to follow her. And same thing. I could message her and she'd message me right back in a heartbeat, which is huge, I think. So they share they, they share, share information and help you along. Yeah, exactly. And y'all build each other mm-hmm. up. Yes. Okay. If you could go back and change anything in the years of owning your business, would you change anything or would you do anything differently? In- oh, absolutely. I would change. The number one thing I would change would be how I, at the very beginning, how we set it up. As we didn't do it as an LLC, so that kind of changed a lot of things. When we got the app with Comment Sold, we had to do an LLC. So then seeing how that all worked, I was like, well, that was stupid. Why didn't we start as an LLC? And then also (laughs) financially, I wish I had people that would have fed into me a little bit more on how to do things financially as far as like um, I wish six years ago we would have bought a building instead of leasing but now that's not an option where we're at because of the price of real estate. And then also, I think, just investing in other things. But for us, with us being, a you know, a started out as a cash thing, that maybe looks a little different. But that would be my number one thing is having – I wish I would have had somebody alongside of me saying, do it this way. Be smarter. Like, profit first. I wish I would have known that six years ago from the very beginning. I think – Hands down, all entrepreneurs, whatever, like that's, that's my mind. I thought, why didn't, why couldn't someone have helped me with this way back? So, yeah. And Um, when, and when you say investing, you're meaning like things outside of this industry that are still continuing. You would have taken the good thing or the flow of cash and invested in something else mm -hmm. that's still making money no matter what. Is that what you mean by that? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Because there are ebbs and flows in this business. And so when there's uh, ebbs, (laughs) taking advantage of that cash flow and really, 
putting it towards something else. Yeah, and I think that that's what I'm learning a lot from other boutique owners too. Is like you know you need to there needs to be other other things you're doing besides just your boutique. But for me, I'm like, how how do you do it? You know, how do you find time to do it? And so that is one thing I wish. I knew more about and I would have done from the very beginning. And I think that's one of our main goals in this community that we're trying to start to create is that exactly right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That we've all lived first, like hardcore, we're going to outwork everybody and it's all about our business. And I guess you get to a certain stage of your life where like, oh, I should have maybe been doing some other things. So it's cool that we're all kind of changing our mind frame to look at all the different exactly. things. And I think then that that's something that we can teach our kids. Yes, and for sure. Because I just don't feel like that is something that has been has happened. I, I you know, com- I completely agree. They don't even teach them to, to balance their checkbooks in school anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we're gonna go to the fast five really fast, and um, these are just one word answers. When we ask you, um, just right off the top of your head. So, okay. uh, favorite book, the Bible. Favorite podcast. I would say my favorite podcast is Ashley Alderson, and the reason it's my favorite is because there's so many boutique owners that she features on there. Is yeah. that the Boutique Hub? Yes. 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 I've always, um, I was a member when she first started that, and I went through her whole course, mm-hmm. and even when I have new boutiques, I haven't done it in a while, but I was like, you just need to go take her course. Like, And I would suggest, I would definitely give her kudos. If you are starting a boutique in the boutique, the boutique cup is a game changer for us because, and, and they offer so many things, but also just the community. Yes. The community is huge, 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 huge. The most influential person in your life. Well, I will say two. My grandma who's passed away, so she's gone. And then I would say my husband, Mark, just because he's such a huge supporter of me. What is one way you show up for yourself every day? haven't got there yet that's okay (laughs) that's kind of funny the one thing I do every single morning is even if it's on my phone or and whatever is I do a devotional every morning even if it's 10 minutes or if it's 30 seconds I pray for my business and anybody involved in my business which it should be working out but that would be (laughs) That's am- <laughs> no, that, I think that that is working out. That's- <laughs> yeah, and I do it before I even get out of bed. People say, well, where do you do it at? I'm like, in bed. As soon as I pick up my phone, that's the first thing I do. That's, uh, that's awesome. And then what's one question you would like to ask the next guest on this podcast? I would ask them, why do they do what they do? Because I think that's really important is why do you do what you do? Because I know for a fact, I know every day when I wake up, I do what I do. One, because I love it. And two, because it's, I'm able just to make people feel so much better about themselves just by what they wear. Yeah, that's so amazing. Thank you so much, Alinda. We so appreciate you taking time out of your super busy schedule to spend it with us. And we have no doubt our listeners are going to love to hear all of the good stuff that you shared. And we just really appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you. Thank you.